1: I'm a pa. Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for September 21st, 2021. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast feed, or you can find us on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you would like to donate to the show, click the link in our show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com lighting site. You click the red rectangle that says sponsor of this podcast and you could set up a one-time or recurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I am one of your hosts, it's your old pal, I'm Mike Spears, joining alongside, as always, my co-host and friend Case Lowe. And Case, Dangerous Gate 2021 happened a little over 24 hours ago, and it's an interesting time to be a Dragon System fan. I think that's like my big takeaway from this uh how are you doing man
0: uh look this company is is living dangerously right now they're living on the edge there's parts of this show that i really really liked there's parts of this show that i am just not sure i'm locked in on and that is unfortunately the story of this year you know it seemed like in 2020 obviously in the second half of the year once they got out of their empty arena setting that they spent the spring in and moved into the limited capacity setting in July. You know, it was really easy to come on this podcast every single week because almost every single show they had in the back half of last year was legitimately entertaining, whether it be one of your, your big five shows. I mean, Dangerous Gate 2020 was terrific. Your Kobe World, Gate of Destiny, Final Gate, those all delivered. The Kobe Sambo Hall shows, the Osaka Number no. 2 shows, the Cork Hall shows, Those all had a ton of life to them. And we're in September of 2021 now, and I can't pick out my favorite and Hall show this year because I'm not sure there's been one. We're going to preview a Kobe Sambo Hall show that looks pretty dreadful on paper. And even this big show, it was good, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And I have a feeling I'm lower on this show than most people. I don't know Mike's thoughts on really anything on this card. Uh, My review as we're recording was just published on VoicesOfWrestling.com. So, Mike, I don't think you've had a chance to read it yet, so you don't really know what I think. But this promotion's living dangerously. You know, they could close out the year with a real bang if they hit their stride in October, November, December. But with the way things are laid out right now, it could also go the other way, and I'm very, very fearful of that.
1: Yeah, so I did get a chance to look at your review case, and uh, I don't know if I think that they're – as in a precarious position as you do, but I do think that they are making a bold swing here. That it's going to be really years to see if this was the right move. And uh, what I'm referring to is the fact that they've spent, they've essentially spent the entire time since uh coming back from lockdown, really getting the Young generation, the future generation, I don't know what term to really call the the all these debutees pretty much since the Ode, OWE split, post-split generation. I'm just going to call it post-split generation.
0: Well, I will say we need a flashy name for them because one right. thing you're going to hear a lot about on this podcast is
1: Kota Minora onwards and that generation, but that time will come. But your point is? But my point is, is that everything that they've done has been setting up this generation to be ready not necessarily now i would say of course there's people from the generation just previous to that and Shun skywalker and Ata who got the football and ran with it but really what we're seeing and what we saw with uh kaido Ishida with the, the attempt to was a hip-hop Kakuda. just overall the treatment of sb kento and now Kodaman and nora and now, the uh, newest people out of the uh, Dragon Gate Superstar Machine and Riki and Ishin and Hashi, it, it's something that, like, in the moment, it's not the constant, nonstop, uh, just satisfying endings that I was, that we got a lot of last year. And what I think, like, the uh, real special sauce in the Dragon System is. I think what we're going to be seeing now is in 2026. The fact that Kodama and Minora headlined a dangerous gate show against the most successful singles champion in company history before he turned twenty-three, that's gonna be a big thing. He's just in the moment it's kinda of difficult to really the 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 matches are solid to a little underwhelming, like like you're saying, but it's something that It's sitting through this to see how everything plays out, which I find fascinating. It just it just makes it sometimes a little bit frustrating to watch. And I think that was my big takeaway was from uh, Dangerous Gate is that there's a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed. But overall, like it's under a film of just being a little frustrating, I would say.
0: Let me ask you this as a man. That is everything elite, you, Mike Spears. Uh, you you have a very close eye on all elite wrestling. And this is a tired topic, but it's one that I haven't heard from you, so I do briefly want to get your take on it. Has American wrestling, in really every facet at this point, returning to stadiums or packed bingo halls, whatever it is, full-capacity American, American crowds, has that hindered your enjoyment of Japanese wrestling, whether it be Dragon Gate or Stardom or whatever else you're watching, given that they are still in this silent environment?
1: You know, personally, for me, I have a. Sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes it's a curse. I contextualize things very, very heavily. So looking at what's happening in Dragon Gate, I don't apply what happens to Dragon Gate to what's happening in all elite wrestling because just the uniqueness of running a promotion in america right now versus the restrictions of about running a promotion in japan and i think that it's you it, like it is natural to compare one against the other but it's you it, it's something where you could really only compare it i would say against the, themselves over the last 12 months and that's like with like a lot of attendance stuff and everything it's so hard to compare things so you compare things in like a similar scenario like this Dangerous Gate Show for Dragon for Dragon Gate sold 600 more tickets in Oda City this year. Now, some of that is that the restrictions aren't as strong. But, I mean, when you compare a promotion against itself, what they've done over the last 12 months has at least been successful, one would say. Or the fact that demand is still high enough. But comparing, like, okay, especially like being at All Out. Like, being at All Out case, we both were there. It, it, it kind of it breaks your scale of expectations of what wrestling should be like right now, given everything. So I think it's almost unfair to kind of compare what's happening in Japan to what's happening in AEW to what's happening in Mexico, to what's happening in Europe. If that makes sense.
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair and balanced. Mike Spears. I know you're someone that enters every day looking to bring fair and balanced news coverage to the wrestling world. I largely agree with you. But there is a part of me that that felt like, especially in this main event, you know, in 2020, I felt like I was I was able to deal with it. and I was actually able to cope with, at least in Drangate, the lack of audience interaction better than most, because I do think at the end of the day, good is good. And I can tell when a match is legitimately great. And yes, the crown can help it to some degree. But I, I don't think Drangate really uh, I'm going to say needed that assistance in 2020. I think what they did was so top-notch, so high level that I was able to, to cut through the lack of noise and go, this is phenomenal. And and I know it's phenomenal. If I had a crowd, it would be even better, but it's still as it is great. This show, I just felt like it was pretty dire at times. And it's a real bummer to think that say, take the main event, for example, you know, Kota Minora locking in the soul Naciente for the first time on Yamato And really that entire finishing stretch with him going for the gong and then going for the flash pin and then going for, uh, you know, his cross face and the Sol Naciente then again and again and again. And Yamato continues to survive all these moves and it falls into silence. It's just like, oh, my God, like I I I don't know if this match is a match of the year contender or not. I, I, I gave it four and a half stars and. I'm not sure if I underrated it by a quarter star, if I overrated it by by a full star, you know. It's just it's starting to play games with me. Because I have a comparison level, obviously us being at All Out. Uh, for those that do not know, Mike Spears and I drove to All Out together. Mike told me on the way there, hey, after the cage match, uh, be sure to stick your hand up in the air and give me your star rating on one hand because we were sitting in, a, sitting in a similar section. And of course, once uh, once the Luch brothers got that three count, I'm throwing up full five, baby, throwing up full five for Mike Spears in the now arena. Uh, so that match uh, did quite literally break a scale for me. But going from that environment to the pretty sterile Ota Ward Gymnasium is tough. And I, I really started to feel it on this show in particular. There are a few matches here that I just wanted some life for. And this is the first big show, even more so than Yoshino's Retirement. This is the first big show where I think the atmosphere actively hurt it for me.
1: And it's something that, it's not like that the dragon gate crowds are silent and especially in comparison for when I try to, Oh, like case, you know, this, but for like listeners, I really, I, I went through a phase maybe four or five years ago where I was Mr. Watch everything. I would do my chores while watching ROH TV. That's how the iron kind of nickname was happening. Cause I was doing my ironing while watching ROH on Sinclair. <laughs> but then I realized like <laughs> how miserable things were. So like I, pared it down to basically what i cover and what i enjoy and i think dragon gate gets the reactions is just so muted and it's only like really in comparison to like and this does kind of go against what i just said about comparing gets yourself but like like new Japan crowds that like when I've dipped my toe in and the work's all fine. like, uh, like that, like I'm not going through to watch a lot of house of torture stuff. case So, you, you know, I am precious with my time management skills, but. Y- y- no, wh- one of the worst things to happen this year is that the first two nights of
0: the G one got good reviews. Cause I was like, Oh fuck, I have to watch this now. <laughs> and I really don't have the desire to like, I watched Shingo versus Ishii. Right. Yeah. And look, it was, it was great. It was great. I gave it four and a half stars. But there was an Okada Tanahashi match sitting on the next show. I just don't want to watch it right now. But people are telling me it's great. It's like, oh my god, I gotta go watch this now. Whereas, I, I'll i let you finish in a second, but much like you, I used to watch everything. Luckily, a lot of stuff went behind a paywall, and I said, you know what, I don't need to watch this anymore. And then Big Japan got bad, and Noah got stupid, and I have always had very little interest in all Japan and DDT I can still pick and choose from and it has left me with New Japan and Dragon Gate uh thus we are in a very similar boat
1: yeah but like you but and but in, in the stuff that I will heat check in with New Japan everything feels kind of staged with like the applause and like all of like the way of like showing emotion in a way which is, you know it makes sense like for a promotion of that size, with that organization, that's over it, they would do very well about getting a crowd to and en- engage, be engaged in the way they want to. They put on a lot of idol shows where they have like fans with like synchronized like light thing, like light tubes that they play with. But uh, th- there's still stuff on this show that felt like got like authentic and uh, just. Uh, actual reactions like i felt like the hashi brothers already showed a level of crowd connection that was kind of startling in a way but yeah that like the fact that this was the time that minora unsealed the soul Naciente and everything with it like felt fine but maybe he should have worked on the application of it a little bit. He might be a little bit too big to actually try to pull off that kind of submission. <laughs> but like the fact that the crowd wasn't getting into it as much, it, it, it's something that has to be taken into account, but it's also something you could compare it back to. Like there was other times that the promotion was doing great things so the crowd was reacting, but because it wasn't like the reaction that for everything up till 2020, we're used to hearing It's just something that I feel like we're constantly resetting our expectations with these crowds. And I I think there was reaction there, but your greater point of like, for like a moment like Meninor bringing out this move, not getting an audible huge reaction or even like a shock. Like remember when Shun Skywalker came out at at, at Edeon Arena last year and the crowd actually had gasps. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, you, like, that was the kind of thing you'd, you'd hope for with, uh, with Kota or doing Masato Yoshino's, like, ultimate move. And we didn't get that. And that is something that I feel like that there is contextualizing it, but it's also the fact that he debuted it and there's no reaction and you can't go back and kind of change that.
0: Mike, I understand you have some news for us. Would you like to share with
1: the class? Okay, so I have talked to people within the promotion and a lot of this was some of the stuff that was coming out of this show in the lead up to the show for uh, a little bit of an injury list report uh I- i'll say this like we-, we-, we like talking about the injury list in some case like to keep everyone abreast of situations i asked for uh two people in particular i did not ask about uh kikuta i just assumed that with like that kind of surgery it's a uh, I will see you when you see you thing, just because like a rehab and like with the joints there, nothing on Kikuta. He has had the surgery. Who knows when he'll be back? I would be stunned if he's back before 2022. The two people I asked about, the first one was Casey about his ankle injury, his recurrent ankle injury. We've talked about this in previous weeks about how he had hardware put in to set a nasty broken ankle from about 10 years ago. And it just the irritation and like the fact that you have metal stuff in a body, sometimes the body doesn't like it too much and you have to replace it, remove it, and let it heal again. Uh, I asked, like, should we expect to see him back this year? And uh, people within the company have said that within a few months, however, that entails taking his stubbornness into account. So, uh, KZ potentially. You know, I mean, he 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 pretty much has been off shows for the last few weeks, expecting him back, I would say, by the end of 2021, which I think is like a embarrassment and riches and a natural vibes act that has really kind of like found its footing without him around.
0: Yeah, I will talk about it when we get to their match, but I there's a lot to like in natural vibes right now. And as I said last week, Casey getting hurt is unfortunate but Casey going away will likely be a positive for him in the long run.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's that that's a better kind of scenario than what I was personally expecting. The other big injury news that I have heard, and I don't have definite time frame that we're talking about, but Shun Skywalker, let's talk about Shun Skywalker and the Diamante match for one second, at least for just so I can put in context, his injury. So Uh, talking with people within the company uh, the injury that that was talked about that was focused on in his ankle in Kawagoe that's a shoot that happened and essentially this was as much of a match they could have basically with him on his bad ankle Uh, because it was that injury and then the next day being dangerous gate, I don't think he's gone under like a huge evaluation and kind of seeing what the route forward is with him i know he's off the show this week so i think it's one of those things that over the next week or so things will be more clear about shun skywalker so hurt ankle hurt the the show before immediately before dangerous gate they worked into the match and that was kind of like a best case scenario for him and we'll find out more about the overall situation in upcoming weeks next time i'll hear back about it i'll bring it back on the show
0: masquerade even without shun skywalker not lacking star power both with kota minora who headlined this show and with dragon dia jason lee and la Estrella, who kicked off dangerous gate 2021
1: yeah uh i have one more news note before we get onto that all right this is a this is a surprise for me go ahead mike yeah uh everyone's incredibly happy with the ahashi brother debut like look like exceedingly happy about it and with the context of ahashi brothers they're special they get this kind of debut and even though we we'll talk more about it when we talk about the debut about that step forward there's other people in this future class to more keep an eye on when they debut hayakawa who i've been really high high on and fujiwara are like two of the names to really kind of keep an eye out there but everyone was really pleased about the ahashi brothers debut Hey, Mike, you know who else was
0: pleased with the Ahashi Brothers debut? This guy. But we will cross that bridge when we come to it, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so, so sorry to interrupt you there before we got into the show itself. So, uh, Danger Skate 2021 was on the 20th from Oda City Gym General Gymnasium. Attendance 1510, which massively up from last year, which was right under 1,000. But again, as I said, restrictions are different, and they didn't have to build a ding cage there. But still huge jump up there opening match on youtube this was the, the this was a really smart match to put up on youtube it was for the open the triangle gate championship match it was the champion team of masquerade the aforementioned dragon Dya, jason lee in La australia versus the red challenger team of Ata, kaito shido and hyo hyo got the win on Daya with the Black Panther clutch after a boxlet attack. Masquerade fail in their third defense. R.E.D. become the 73rd champion team.
0: I'm excited about this R.E.D. team. I, I think this is a really interesting combination of guys like I talked about last week. Ata has not been a Triangle Gate champion since he held the belts with T-Hawk and UT in the summer of 2014. And Kaito Ishida... Six years in his career has never been a Triangle Gate champion before now. So I think it's an interesting combination of guys. And Hyo has been a really solid third man in a number of R.E.D. trios at this point. Thought it was a good match, not a great match. I really, I, I just want that signature big time R.E.D. versus Masquerade match. And for some reason, these guys are crushing it on like the the afternoon show in fukuoka but these big shows i'm still waiting for that one that i can point to in a way almost to argue it for a feud of the year position so it's
1: a selfish argument to make but
0: i I don't know what what did you think about this opener
1: yeah i was uh three and three quarters on it i thought that uh just echoing your thoughts this was I don't want to say the RC Cola version of the Masquerade versus Red match, but this was not this was a competent effort. But this was not like the insane matches that we were seeing in December through February. Uh, I thought Estrella again because we were so because we were honest and had a tough talk about Estrella before. Each time he has a solid performance for a while, I feel like I need to compliment Estrella. Estrella looked great here. Jason and Kaito they just have tremendous chemistry with each other. We've known this for a long time getting to see that as well and then uh Estrella going for a, a stuck a splash and then getting kangaroo kicked by ashita was like the <laughs> funniest <laughs> moment for like the first half of the show for me but i thought this was all really solid and i think this is a big moment for red because red spoiler alert goes goes oh goes three four oh on the show tonight and making a big deal about being the third year anniversary and that being talked about a lot this could be the big uh, hype before the fall, and I know that I constantly say this, but the fact that they make a big point about R.E.D. doing so well and this being an anniversary, they don't that those things aren't being made uh, points of for nothing.
0: I thought Estrella was a particularly interesting person to watch in this match because it's the first time we've seen him in a pretty big environment since Dead or Alive when he had that awful performance. That he's been in the ring without Diamante, and instead of doing a million different things, I thought he chose his spots pretty wisely in this match. I don't have a memory of Estrella doing a bunch of different things in this match, but the things that he did do, I remember, and that was getting uh, rolled like a bowling ball out of the ring by Kaito Ishida. That was him taking uh, or going for the 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 splash, like you mentioned, then taking two feet to the chest, which looked absolutely brutal. There was a, a little bit that he did here, and I think it went a long way. And that's a pretty big performance from him. I echo your thoughts on Jason Lee and Kaito Ishida. My God, those guys are just unbelievable. And Dragon Dia will eventually hurt himself on that. I don't even know what to call it when R.E.D. just throws him up in the air. Oh. It, it, it almost looks like a gym class activity
1: that's exactly what i was about to say case uh i don't know if they still did this when you were in elementary school but it used to be a big thing that they would get out the parachute and you would like sling things up in the air yeah. everyone to, like...
0: yeah exactly it looks like the uh the giant parachute you would have a gym class but they're throwing dragon dia in the air it's not a piece of fabric and look i love the spot the air he is getting on the spot is unbelievable it would make darby Allen jealous. I am very afraid he's going to hurt a shoulder or worse on this spot because it looks so good and so dangerous.
1: I want to see a box jump competition between Dragon Dia and Dante Martin.
0: Look, we know if Dragon Dia, look, we're not going to get into this argument again. If Dragon Dia went to all elite wrestling, he would fucking blow people's minds. If he went anywhere in the world, people would be stunned at how good he is. Again, uh, somebody once showed Genki Horiguchi a video of El Hijo del Vikingo, and Horiguchi went, what's the big deal? Dai can do all of that plus more, and I think about that every time I see this guy wrestle.
1: Yeah, so this was uh, pretty interesting. We both kind of were seeing this happen before. We both kind of expected this to happen, and, you know, there's other stuff that happened with R.E.D. and Masquerade that I have two galaxy brain ideas that I'll bring up towards the end of the showcase, but one of them is a result of this matchup.
0: Okay, very interesting.
1: I, I look forward to that. All right. So that was the YouTube match. If you're have not, if you not on the Dragon Gate Network, you're not aware of this. Uh, they air the first match of each show that they stream live for free on YouTube. They made a concerted effort before they've done this with uh, Kaido Ishida and Keisuke Akuda. This time they did the Trial Gate match. It's up on YouTube. It'll be up on YouTube into perpetuity. It's worth checking out. Agreed all right then we led into what i was originally going to had such a big problem with combined i'm just going to i think we can just take these two matches together case to be quite honest match two and match three go for it combined five minutes and 17 seconds of ring time case called it the uh, match two was Kenichiro oraii and punch tomonaga versus gamma and problem dragon punch one with the punch clutch and four minutes and six seconds on problem dragon then a three-on-one handicap match, Takashi Yoshida versus Konamawa, Chikawa, Sachi Okopo, and Yosuke Samaria. He got a triple pen in one minute and eleven seconds.
0: Look, I have nothing to say when it comes to the Punch Tamanaga tag match, other than the fact that Jay. Uh, ribbing Punch Tabunaga as hard as he has been lately has been just absolutely delightful it is my new favorite thing of Jay just firing shots from the hip at Punch Tabunaga during those matches as for the Takashi Yoshida squash look Yamada was over the Dreamgate champion and they just booked Yoshida to win a one-on-three squash match that is terrifying, because the last time Yamato held this belt, he had to defend the Dream Gate against Takashi Yoshida, not once, but twice. Once at Champion Gate, headlining Champion Gate weekend, mind you, and once in the Dead or Alive cage. And I just can't handle another one of those matches.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of questionable routes that the uh, Dream Gate could be going on off of the results <laughs> on this show. Yeah, yes, very much so. But yeah, no, I mean, this was exactly where they were like, uh, Ho Ho and uh, Jay on Dangerous Gate. One, the number two uh, announcer wrestler feud of the year behind CM Punk and Taz going on between uh jay and punch the Monaco. i think it's entirely one-sided by the way I oh
0: my god jay jay he wasn't as bad here on oh, the corkhead show this month he was so brutal and i was cackling over it. it was fantastic and,
1: and, and here's the thing uh newer listeners he's absolutely honest in all of his assessments <laughs> no there hasn't been any tweets of
0: justice for punch tabunaga stick up for my man punch everyone's like no jay nailed it he is exactly right
1: yeah yeah and then ho ho loon there might be a little bit of discord between this tap out or the shut up or roll up tag team because they made a big deal about uh yoshida being the crap out of ho ho the show before this and putting him in it through a jackhammer it's like i didn't want to be involved with this after that so great commentary as always
0: uh, yes, I have I have larger, uh, more serious thoughts on this commentary team
1: later, but for these two matches, they were absolutely hilarious. Just was tremendous stuff there. And let's head on the uh, next match. This was a match that I was a little bit questionable about, but I was pleasantly surprised. This was a six-man tag, unaffiliated trio of Ultimo Dragon, Masaki Mochizuki, Naruki Doi versus the Natural Vibes team of Ginky Horiguchi, Ut, and Funky Jackie Kamei. And really, like, this is something we've been talking about. Horiguchi took the uh, the My Straw from Ultimo in 10 minutes flat. And what ended up being one of the sleeper, probably the sleeper match of the night, I would say.
0: Yeah, this is, and, and I talked about this in my voicesofwrestling.com review. This is just ideally to me what pro wrestling looks like. This is just a match that brought in everything I like. You had fiery youngsters you had strong characters, and you had simply just an in-ring style of wrestling that I prefer to just about anything else. It's not a great match, not one that even found my spreadsheet, and, and this is the match made for me, but god damn, I thought this was fun. This was just such a fun match to watch, and I'm curious to see if you found the same enjoyment that I did from it.
1: Oh, absolutely. This is Funky Jackie Kamei's best match since becoming Funky Jackie Kamei, right? I I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I felt like that there is something in this match for anyone, to be quite honest. I mean, you had UT and Ultimo getting to have some fun, figuring out inventive ways to make each other Hate each other w- with submissions. Uh, Funky Jackie kamei wanted the smoke and was bringing it like it like, was really concentrated in this match. And it, there was, I, I don't have Ultimo did this. I don't remember if it was Sue Kame or UT, but he did this really gross grapevine inverted surfboard case that I just like stood. I actually paused the feed when I was watching this, stood up, and I just like turned my head for a second. I was like, that just sucks like he tied him into a knot that sucks and this this was like the one match that i wouldn't say overachieve or underachieve this match hit its ceiling at three and a half stars and it was a absolute blast of 10 minutes and hey as uh kamei is one of kamei's biggest fans great match here like this is the kind of stuff i want to see funky jackie kamei do more often
0: Look, when Kamei returned from injury, you know, he had that really rough outing at the June Cork and Hall show it was him in gamma against Arakan and Saito and Kamei messed up the finish and he just he, he made one mistake and then he's young. So he panicked and then he made another mistake and another mistake and then they finally got to the finish and he got out of the ring. And he didn't he didn't really recover super quick. I mean, he had the singles match at Kobe Sambo Hall with Masaki Mochizuki, which I I really liked. And I felt like I was maybe higher on that match than other people. But he he was a really inspiring confidence when he returned from injury and really started to take over this gimmick. And we talked about, you know, is it the gear that's holding him back? And he he still has the Taiji Ishimori overall style gear, but now he's changed from from black to white, which I do think is an improvement. And there is a level of confidence that he's starting to find that is really noticeable because I don't know if he wrestled the summer months with confidence. I think he was rattled. I don't think he was entirely healthy, either physically or to some extent mentally. And I think it showed in his performance. But over the past month, he has been the FJK that I have wanted him to be, the the guy that we saw so much potential in in 2020. And he's always been your guy. I have said since match one, look, I'm a Kento Kabune SBK guy, I'm gonna ride him to the top of the card. You have found comfort in Turtle Chan, and I salute you for that. I'm gonna hop on your coattails here because I thought he was just marvelous in this match. You said best. He wanted that smoke, and he got it from Doi. He got it from Mochizuki, and he got it from Ultimo. And then there's our man Ut, and and I said this last week. I said this in my review. I'll say it here. I am I am blown away at just how good of a professional wrestler he has become. I am blown away by how hard Ultimo Dragon works, specifically when he's in the ring with UT. I am blown away at his chemistry with Masaki Mochizuki. I I, I love this guy. And this is a guy that if if you don't ask me three or four years ago, I would have shooed him away. I would have said, ah, we're good. We've got enough young talent. No, I I was so wrong about UT, and I am so happy to be as wrong as I was.
1: Yeah, and it's something that I he just really I think discovered a new self over the last few years that has made him really he's gone from being maybe the most expendable person on the roster, and that's even including a roster that does have Punch Tomonaga on it, to now being the person that I've said before he's the person I enjoy watch wrestle the most. Like whenever there's a UT match, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get probably at least one move or hold that's completely new and and very interesting and he he's someone that like usually when you have a small size you that that kind of pigeonholes you into like oh you're going to be an underdog or you're going to be a high flyer and instead he's like oh i'm small But I also know a lot of submission holds and your body looks great to do to basically make into a human jungle gym. So that's what I'm going to do. And it's something that it's not necessarily what you would think the Mike Spears ideal kind of wrestling is, but it's, it's some of the more fascinating stuff. I mean, making me go up and pull up uh, a lot of prime zones to go see like his special challenge matches. And they were absolute blasts.
0: What do you think about the finish here? It's obviously the natural vibes team with the youngsters, FJK and UT but then you have Horaguchi taking the fall. He loses to Ultimo Dragon, and he, and he loses via Lamahi Strahl, where Ultimo not only held the pinfall past the three count, he held it to, to just about 10 seconds before finally letting Horiguchi go.
1: Yeah, I mean, Horiguchi got his moment in the sun this year, and, you know, it's probably something that probably says something more about the near future for ut and kamei the fact that horiguchi took the law Magistral straw when naturally that would have been kamei's role right like like kamei is the low is the youngest person in this match by a good like six years uh he's still coming up on his he's not even coming up on his second year anniversary yet against ultimo dragon the principal the uh founder of the dragon system he's eating a lot of straw but ginky just takes a lot of falls now it's kind of it's something where like i I don't know if I said this on air or just in conversation with you, I, would not be su- I, I think I, I said I would not be surprised if long-term Kiki Horiguchi be- ends up being the lost post of the unit just because the elevation the youngsters and is just happening a little bit faster than I expected.
0: Here's something to put in per- into perspective when, it, when we look at the age of some of these original class guys, when we look at who might follow in line with Masaru Yoshino's decision going forward. Since December of 1998 which is longer than i've been alive horiguchi has at least one match on record on cage match and every single month from december of 98 with the young dragons cup which he won through september of 2021 that is longevity and that is insanity
1: yeah and it's something really that it, and it's not just that he works Dragon Gate. He'll do stuff around his hometown. He, he had that long run in Kyushu Pro Susumu. He is just someone that, one, has been very fortunate about his health for the most part. And two, it just tells you, like, when we talk about how, like, this is, this is a time that's going to be more important five years from now. Because he's not going to be—he's probably when the next one's up to uh hang him up and he's not going to be here in five years so you know it's just something that's it's remarkable that for 23 years he's been this way and he's been this consistent and i would love to see ginky have a match a month until he's finally done like it's something that i think that every month he should even after retirement whenever they do a show over near him doesn't have to be a kunamoto but could be somewhere close he has to come and do a match to continue the street case i think that's what he's fated to do until you know the bell tolls
0: as I've said before, one of the smartest wrestlers to ever exist on a podcast over on the Pro Wrestling Torch Network, Alan Forel, almost made me emotional, as in tears almost coming from my eyes, talking about how Genki Horaguchi tries so hard at everything he does. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I thought he was once again brilliant in this match.
1: Support for Open the Voice Gate this week comes from HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip, the, skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it is America's number one meal kit. In case, the, the one thing that really gets me about HelloFresh is the variety. Because I don't know if you know this about me, if I'm not forcing variety on me and my dietary habits, I'll eat the same thing every day every week i'll just just shove it in my food hole i don't care but not hello fresh because hello fresh offers 50 weekly recipes including a wide range of flavors cuisines and ingredients so i'll never get bored and it forces me to try something new each week
0: one of the great things also and i say this as a very poor young man, of course, very successful in my field for my age, but still very poor, is the value of HelloFresh. It's over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores with pre-por- pre-portioned ingredients that ensure you won't spend money or excess food that ends up going in the trash. I was not a child that grew up cooking. It was not until I lived on my own that I really knew how to use a stove. Luckily for me with HelloFresh, everything is simple to use all i have to use is reading comprehension yes it's a struggle but somehow i manage mike spears hey
1: i mean that's why we did all those standardized tests growing up reading comprehension and it's something that like for me i i always stress time management and the fact is is that you're able to get these meals done quick is something that's like I, I might have to like make sure I watch an hour and a half of AEW Dark before we record case, but knowing that HelloFresh is going to be fast and easy makes my life so much e- easier. So go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW14 and use promo code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, it is America's number one meal kit. Moving on with the show, we got past the undercard, the first four matches, nine matches on this show. And then we had a moment case that is going to go down in history for Dragon System. We're not going to be talking, I think, five years from now about September 20th, 2021 as being, you know, Shun Skywalker versus Diamante, Coda Menorah. Maybe we'll be talking about Kota Morris, Kota Minora's first drink beat shot, but the first thing that's going to be on the top of my list will be the Hashi Brothers debut. It was Riki and Ishin and Hashi versus Don Fuji and Yuzushi Kanda. Uh, Yuzushi Kanda got the pin on Ishin in 9 minutes and 46 seconds with his Dojo diving elbow drop.
0: Look, up top, I want to say this. This is maybe the best individual match that Jay and Ho-Ho have had on English commentary. I'm not married to that because Jay has done a, a great job in a lot of big matches, but this match right here shows the value of having Jay in the booth. Mike and I pride on ourselves on knowing as much as we can, but at the end of the day, Jay knows everything, and I thought he was masterful in this match. Of calling the in-ring action, setting the historical significance of this match and giving us backgrounds on Ricky and Ishin Ihashi. Him letting us know that one, these guys are 25 and 26. Their parents made them uh, basically go get a real job before becoming wrestlers. Holy shit. Could you imagine if these guys weren't pro wrestlers? These two are such naturals. It would have been such a waste of time in life. It would have been a waste of life had these men not become professional wrestlers.
1: And it's something that I, I mentioned in like the uh, news update I had early on. We thought that they were pretty competent in all the future matches. At least I did, Case okay, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. I thought that they were competent. No, I, I did, yes. I thought they were competent, but it wasn't like I was being blown away by them. However, in this match, and just to echo what you said jay just like adding in like little like bits of of information like oh yeah riki originally wanted to become an actor and then joined this japanese self-defense force whereas Ishin went to nursing school and their mother talked about usually be super proud about having a son that goes into the military and goes into the medical field but now they're pro wrestlers on top of that (laughs) was just just like something that only in this promotion and only jay could give that line here but Jay J sounded like a seasoned professional here. Like, I, I you know,
0: I, I genuinely think he and Ho Ho are a a great commentary team because I think they fit the tone of the promotion. But this was such a professional job by Jay. I was so impressed with him in this match.
1: Yeah. And getting back to like where they were in the future, in Dragon Gate Future, which uh, just this show might be someone's first show. Dragon Gate Future is kind of their version of new japan's young lion system they traditionally keep the rookies and the trainees separate they used to have other shows they did right now it's future and they would write and they'd wrestle 5 minute shoot matches before each uh kobe and then now they've been doing the shows more around the country it was every kobe area show they would have one of these matches and Ishin and riki ihashi they were solid but it wasn't something like where immediately like with you and Kento Kabuna, you're like, oh, I see who this guy's gonna be. I see his ceiling. He's already shown that to me here. They often felt like that they weren't they weren't like class, but they felt like that maybe some things weren't coming to them as naturally as it did for like Takuma Fujiwara or, or Hayakawa. But here the switch went on. They came out. They came out looking like stars. Come out with like a doing their father and their mother's pose. Uh Ishan in the Boa. He has to wear a, a BOA for the rest of his career. <laughs> it's a great look, especially with the black and pink a singlet. single Just a fantastic look for that. And they just have like a fascinating debut match. And it's something that I know, Case, we've said about this for years. No company really does veterans versus rookies like dragon gate does and they did it here on a huge stage for someone's debut match that this is a building that means a lot to the hashi brothers and their parents and going out here and having a three and a half star match where it's not just like the rookies getting beat up it's the fact that that riki and isha and Hashi are already solid pro wrestlers and coming across as like absolute stars like Bring back Summer Adventure Tag League and let these kids go rampant on that here. I am intrigued by it.
0: Look, we watched all of their future matches from the beginning, and I liked them. I liked the potential they showed. The last thing I thought I would be doing is coming on this show and talking about their undeniable charisma and star power. Uh, obviously, those future matches are dumbed-down versions of what they could do. It's, the, it's young boy-style wrestling. But those two came out of the curtain and were superstars from the first step they took onwards. It was stunning. I couldn't believe how natural and how ready these guys felt. And it speaks to the larger point I make about Drangate. And it's not that anyone is necessarily arguing with me about this, but it is a point that I feel the need to reemphasize. And perhaps at, at some point, I'm just going to have to sit down and write an article about it to, to fully implant this into people's brains. But Mike, we talked about the eighth generation, the, the Drangate, uh, you know, single-spaced era, post-OWE split, everything after the Strong Hearts exodus. There have been 10 guys that have made their official debuts since then. Kota Minora, Dragon Dia, Strong Machine J., Kento Kabune, Takedo Kame, Madoka Kakuta, Sora Fujikawa, La Estrella, and now the Ahashi brothers. And you look up and down this show, guys that have been in this promotion for a max three years, some people like La Estrella that have been in this promotion for less than a year, and Minora's in a title match, and Dia's in a title match, and Strong Machine J's in a title match, SB Kento is a champion and a credible, legitimate Brave Gate champion at that. Before he got hurt, Hip Hop Kakuda, he was in an Open the Dream Gate match, the youngest man to ever challenge for the Open the Dream Gate title. La Estrella in a title match. Sora Fujikawa of this group is the one that has fallen behind, and that's because his face was nearly kicked off by Masaki Mochizuki. But Mike, if Fujikawa lives up to any of the potential we saw in July and August of 2020, do you have any doubt that by this time next year, not saying he will be, we don't have that crystal ball access, but would the idea of Fujikawa being in a twin gate match or a triangle gate match or a brave gate match if his size works out, would that stun you if Sora Fujikawa is challenging or defending a title in September of 2022?
1: Oh, absolutely not. And this is something that again, since 2018 and really since coming back from, uh, being behind closed doors last year, no company has set themselves up for what's going to happen over the next five years, more so than drengate because they've, because the fact that we're, we're talking, we're talking about Sora Fujikawa who had about a grand total of a dozen matches before he was injured and was already getting such a response to the, they had to tell the crowd, Hey, uh, we're in a pandemic you can't cheer right now like of course he could probably be in a twin gate match and it's something that really like you look at this and it's different kinds of wrestlers and different kinds of appeal which usually is something that dragon gate has its lane a lot of the wrestlers will be some outliers will be in this lane here but of the 10 wrestlers you mentioned there almost all of them are completely different. They have different appeals. I mean, the, the fact that the Yahashi Brothers got one of the largest responses of the night and their big deal is that they are the first ever uh, thoroughbred Japanese pro wrestlers. That's a unique, uh, a unique route that has not been capitalized very well in Japanese wrestling history. And it seems like that Dragon Gate might have found a way and found the pair of guys that actually would be able to pull off the vaunted second generation Japanese wrestler
0: and not all these guys are going to work out. Okay. We might've already seen strong machine J's peak. We might be in the midst of La Reyes peak. Because if you look back at the generation prior, you know, unfortunately, Takahiro Yamamura did not work out. And he was the one from that class that he, he was the golden one. He was the one that was supposed to be leading the charge into the future. And for reasons beyond his control, it didn't work out. Katsumi Takashima did not work out. Oji Shiba did not work out. Not all All of these guys are going to hit at this incredible success rate. But oh my God, the potential that they have in Mike, the fact that there's more, there's more guys in future that we know of that haven't debuted, let alone the other kids crawling around the dojo that haven't even started working televised training matches yet. It's absurd to think about how good this promotion is i'm not saying this next thing to put down any promotion i'm merely drawing a comparison point point. 10 guys in three years have come from this promotion look at the 21 year history of pro wrestling noah look at what all japan has done in the noah exodus environment where is the talent noah ran off dojo trainee after dojo trainee and now they're left with Kite, uh, kaito kitamiya who i think is good but i ultimately think it will fail as a a true ace you have masa kitamiya who was noah's hiroki goda you can like him but you can't believe in him he's a good wrestler who will never be a star and you you finally have some young talent there but it's just not the same All Japan just debuted the Saito twins and everybody acted like it was the biggest fucking deal because all Japan finally had some dojo trainees that had a little bit of buzz. Okay. Dragon Gate does this on a near monthly basis. It's absurd. You've got 10 guys here and it's an unfair comparison to make, but Mike, we're pro wrestling journalists. We're the mainstream media. We control the narrative. 10 guys here. And in those first two original Torimon classes, you had 10 guys between the first class of Shima, Sua, Fuji, Dragon Kid, and Magnum Tokyo, and the second class of Araken, Stalker, Horiguchi, Susumu, and Kanda. You better believe, if this generation of stars pans out, I am writing an article drawing the parallels between those two, because I think right now they are in a very special era of cultivating talent this group already feels more successful than anybody from Torium on X this group as of right now doesn't have the dead weight of the Yohei and Kenshin Chicano and to a degree Kotoka that era pre-millennials it was all dead weight it was all uh, uh, clouded in controversy and then you had the Millennials, and yes, is the face of the promotion, and yes, we just talked about how good UT was, and we're about to talk about how good Shimizu was, but you still have the, the cloud of T-Hawk hanging over that class. You have a special era here, with Kota Minora, who's three years into his career, and he just headlined a goddamn Big Five pay-per-view. You have Dragon Daya, who is incredible, Strong Machine J, who is flawed, but I see value in him. You have SP Kento, who I still think is going to be the ultimate face of this promotion one day. And you have more and more and more down the pipeline. And that's not even really talking specifics about the Ahashi brothers and how good they were in their debut, because they were phenomenal.
1: And not to belabor the point that overall in wrestling, we are seeing something unique and special with the, uh, the young generation of Dragon Gate, the 10 wrestlers you mentioned compare it to their bigger competitor compare it to new japan new japan puts out incredibly talented wrestlers they also put them out like two every other year and some of that is well.
0: and, and just and, and look i struggle criticizing new japan's dojo system because they're number one so to a degree it's like okay they're doing something right i really can't pick on them whereas no one all japan i feel uh, i feel a little bit more leeway to say hey maybe maybe change it up cuz things aren't exactly going so well for you right now but new japan holds on to guys for so long i mean you forget that show was in his 30s He's an old man because he's been wrestling since 2012 he he was a, a young lion for so long and then he went to america and then he came back and there is this slow slow progression and while i do love tradition and while i do love the old fashioned way of doing things at times Drangy just debuts guys with modern sensibilities like we saw the ahashi work some the ahashi brothers work some dark matches and some exhibition matches but ripped the band-aid off because they came out of the curtain and they were stars
1: yeah and i guess like my overall bigger uh, new japan point is that the fact that it's so slow because they do have a couple ridiculous standards such as 180 centimeters for dojo intake as a minimum which is kind of, if you look at the average height of, the, of a Japanese male, you'll see why it's kind of ridiculous. But, the, like, you look at, like, Riki ohashi and, and, and I'm just going to point to him for a second here. And he already has, like, a level of charisma and crowd presence that plays into the Dragon Gate fan page fan base at a quicker rate that it takes forever it seems like to have people elevated and be ready for who's going to be the next ace who's going to be ready for the next generation of their promotion but new japan it feels like that they don't have the ability to elevate someone as fast enough because they are rooted in that tradition i think that's i I think that was a good point you're making about show
0: ricky ihashi is just going to be so exciting to watch. And that's not taking, that's not taking anything away from his brother, who was also terrific in this match. But Ricky has just, I I don't want to make any comparisons. It's not fair. He's one match into his career, but man, he just has some special charisma that I think is going to aid him for his entire
1: career. And that chicken wing dragon clutch he popped on. That should be his finish. That looked awesome.
0: Everything they did, I, I thought, looked really good. Again, I, I thought I thought you made a, a really good point where it wasn't just Fuji and Kanda beating up two young guys and the uh, Alpha in us enjoyed seeing that kind of punishment dished out. This was a match where the Hashi brothers brought just as much to the table as Fuji and Kanda did, and I think that's really important to note.
1: Yeah, and these are the two guys here, and here's my Galaxy Brain Idea 1. I'll be adding one more person to this proto unit as we go down the show here. They need to revive Fujiheya because of the sumo background, and he needs to be teaming with the Yahashi brothers as a trio going forward.
0: Yeah, look, I think the Yahashi should be following Fuji and Mochizuki and Hell, give Magnitude Kishiwada a call, whoever else. I mean, they just they need to be around those guys for an entire year and they need to get the shit kicked out of them. And then a year from now they can run through this promotion. Like nobody's business for as, as many question marks, I don't want to say flaws, but for as many question marks as I have about this promotion, ultimately the thing that gives me the most satisfaction because I'm, I'm seeing it pay off with Ben K and with Skywalker and with Ishida and with all these other guys that I'm now at a point where I've been not only watching, but covering this promotion for so long that I am seeing guys who have made their debuts go on to have undeniable success. And that has become my favorite part about watching, covering, being a fan of Drangate, whatever it is, however you want to slice it. I love that we can watch guys from the ground floor have that undeniable success all the way up the card. And whatever goes on with Yamato and his title run, whatever's going on with the Twin Gate scene, whatever happens with SB Kento and the Brave Gate belt, I have these young guys to fall back on because I think the way they cultivate talent is so endlessly entertaining because they are endless in the amount of talent that they cultivate. It's second to none. It's the best in wrestling. You might not like this style, but I find it undeniable to knock any way that they develop youngsters.
1: Yeah, and it's something that during dark times before in the promotion, it gets you through it. Like being able to just like see like all right, I'm watching this person progress, and then, then now two years later, they're main eventing Dangerous Gate. Like it, it, it is a strong thing that, that with even with some dissatisfaction I have with Dragon Gate right now, it's always there, and it's always exciting to watch these young wrestlers develop. So absolutely. Uh, do you have any other, any other uh, points you want to make about the Hashi brothers debut before we move down to the uh, back half of the card? go
0: watch that match if you haven't seen it it is not a four-star match but i deem it essential viewing
1: oh absolutely I, i've re-watched the match twice since then and i rarely do that it was that fascinating of a match uh the match after that was an eight-man tag it was high end versus red dragon k case get and bing k and kakatora versus bb hulk kai the Bravegate champion sb kento and dio inferno bb hulk got the one in 10 minutes and six seconds with a final flash on on kakatora and I match that I could very comfortably say this was the bb hulk show for both uh good and bad reasons
0: well what, what the fuck are we doing mike oh come on man i wanted this to be the build to SB kento versus dragon kid for the brave gate belt and i think we just worked our way into bb hulk possibly challenging for the dream gate yeah yeah it's uh Definitely. Here's the thing. He <laughs> destroyed Kagatora in this finish. Like, this was as dominant of a win on this entire show as there was. And Takashi Yoshida pinned three guys at once. And that all was not even close to the level that BB Hulk destroyed Kagatora. And if it was just that in a vacuum, I would ignore it. But if we jump ahead briefly to the Thursday, September 23rd Sambo Hall show, it's Yamato and Ben K against bb hulk and kai which first of all god i do not want to watch that match i am so sick of that combination of guys wrestling each other but i this is this is leading to hulk versus yamato isn't it
1: i mean it definitely kind of feels like the direction they're going that sadly it does kind of feel like that that's something that they're really interested in which
0: that's, and, a and I feel like,
1: That's a choice. That's a choice.
0: Look, it's <laughs> look, is it the choice I would make? No, but it technically speaking, it's a choice and you have to give them that you have to give them the fact that they are making a choice. I feel like I, I talked last week about how I think Cosmo Sakamoto uh, was a good red herring of whether people were truly tuned in this into this promotion or not, because I think if you were if you were watching from afar, you could see Sakamoto's name and you could go, ah, it's it's not my Drangate, no interest, not eh, not not for me anymore. And you would be wrong in that assessment. Your opinion would just actually be factually incorrect. B.B. Hulk is is kind of my other litmus test for that where, you know, he's not the man he once was. And that is an understatement. Going back last year, watching all those Drangate USA shows with you, one of the things that I learned very quickly was, man, I really miss a young B.B. Hulk because that that was a really fun wrestler to watch. I do still think Hulk has value. I do still think he can go at a high level in twin or triangle gate matches. Him in a main event singles match. And again, we're talking about something that isn't confirmed. We might be wasting our breath. I hope we're wasting our breath, but him wrestling a high level singles match just does not seem like something he's capable of doing anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in this ten in this ten minute uh, eight man tag, he was doing things that he shouldn't be doing anymore. That bizarre soup like hangman suplex to the outside with Dragon Kid for whatever reason, that just looked terrible. And uh, I did just to uh, another thing that like kind of gives me a little bit of pause about that match case that's happening on Thursday. They don't have a big show for a. About six weeks. The next big show is, is, is the Gate of Destiny and Edion Arena Sokka. If Gate of Origin was happening in October, I'd be like, yeah, no, just go run Hulk versus Yamato. Do a Dream Gate shot in Tohoku. It doesn't matter. Fine. But the the idea that there's all of this TV leading up to uh, a full month's worth of TV, a full rotation, including a double Sambo Hall show next month, and it could be devoted around more Yamato versus Kai or Yamato versus BB Hulk for the Dream Gate does not give me a lot of enthusiasm.
0: No, it's just, I, 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 don't, I have no interest in it. And it's the thing that, you know, unfortunately, we, we found ourselves in a position where it looked like Yamato was going to be dealt Benkei, Kai, or Mochizuki. And none of those matches really sounded interesting. I mean, Mochizuki would be fun, but the story would be weird. Ben K would be fun, but the story would be weird. Kai didn't sound fun. And that story had been played out. He's already beaten Shun Skywalker. KZ's hurt. Ata's triangle gate champion. Now, where does he go? Like, I just, I, I think Yamato probably won the belt at the right show for the company, but for him, much like in 2016, it was the wrong time to crown him champion, given things out of his control, given everything else that's surrounding him. Yamato just, I, I for me, he isn't an interesting champion. I mean, maybe at some point, you know, we get Yamato versus Susumu. I like the sound of that match, but Susumu's Twin Gate champion. We can't get Susumu, we can't get Shimizu. Like, every time I turn to something other than whoever the next R.E.D. guy is, they are in a program that is already uh, more interesting or at least keeps them busy and away from the Dreamgate title. And that's how you end up with the possibility of BB Hulk versus Yamada, which, look, they've had great matches in the past. The first ever Dreamgate USA match, uh, Kobe World 2014, even the last singles match they had together, which was a Dreamgate match at Cork and Hall in February of 2017. So that match is on the network if you haven't seen it that was a bizarre match because they did a ton of wild and reckless spots. And it was at one of those times where we we, we knew BB Hulk was hurting and we weren't entirely sure how healthy he was. And then he, he kind of threw himself. Yeah. There's a big apron spot in that match. He kind of threw himself around like it was 2007 BB Hulk, but it was 2017 BB Hulk. So the match was fun from a perverse perspective, but four years later with all that wear and tear that Hulk's gone through, I don't need to see that again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's just a difficult scene up top to see what they would really do with. So the fact that this was this dominant and with all the people that you laid out beforehand, it's just a weird situation, I feel like, with the Dream Gate going forward. And, you you know, when you're in a bad situation, you hand the ball to the ace and we'll see what the ace can do with, with the hand that's being dealt with him to him this time.
0: I want to like this Yamato Dreamgate run really bad because what did we spend our spring and summer doing, Mike? We talked about how good Yamato has been and how it would be okay if he won this Dreamgate belt. And then he won it, and I immediately went, oh, nope, I'm good, actually. I I would like the belt to be on somebody else now. And it's it's not fair to Yamato, but it is how I feel.
1: Yeah, it's just the matchups that... Are realistic at this point aren't interesting matchups given Yamato what Yamato's done for the last two years like I still think Yamato has done fine but it's just like the the menu that's being offered at the Dreamgate restaurant case this is not the <laughs> menu we were expecting and you know. Maybe, maybe I have been challenging my palate with HelloFresh, but maybe there's some stuff on here that's maybe not even to of interest, but I've had it before. And I remember what it was when I had it, when it was a little bit more fresh and a little bit more new. And I don't really need to revisit that Hulk and Yamato dish, do you? No, it's
0: it's lacking the variety that HelloFresh offer, offers with your promo code VOW14. Maybe the answer is Yamato versus Kano for the open, the dream gate championship. Because look, I know there are perhaps certain people in the building for that, that would not be super into it, but I know sitting on my couch in Chicago, Illinois, USA, Yamato versus Kano sounds like a pretty fun match.
1: I, I mean, let's the punch dork look like he's a star for once.
0: Hey hey, hey, Kano's done nothing wrong to me. One of the few bright spots and Noah, I have nothing bad to say about him. Oh, I have
1: nothing bad to say about him, just the way that he has been booked and presented. Uh
0: oh well, it's almost like Noah's booking is the
1: worst on the planet. Just imagine it if he could get over who he wants to get over in Japan right now. If he if he was able to book his mainstays, Noah would be the best promotion in the world for you us. You know, not in fairness, no-
0: <laughs> Noah did announce a match today. I'm I'm gonna I have to scroll through Twitter at a rapid rate. Uh, to see if i can find it and of course i'm not going to be able to but it would not be an open the voice get episode without a check-in of pro wrestling noah that seems to be a <laughs> reoccurring theme here um god damn it they announced a match today that I, i'm going to watch and now i can't find it uh here it is yeah they're doing uh is there a date on this on september oh maybe that already aired uh, they did a uh, uh katoge and uh ohara Oh, no, that's not the match. Son of a bitch. I think they're doing uh, <laughs> Kotoge and Ohara against Nozawa and Ata. Yeah, here's the match. It's taking place on October 10th. That's the match I'm interested in, is uh, Kotoge and Ohara for the GAC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles against Nozawa and Ata. I will be watching that match. I think that sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, that match will be fascinating.
0: Because <laughs> Ohara oh, and Ata should bring out the best in each other. Like, I, oh, yeah. I like Ohara. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I kind of wish... Again, I talk about it all the time, how there's not a second tier juniors promotion right now in Japan, which I actively, I think it actively just hurts the state of wrestling there, not having a second option really besides Gate And Ohara is one of those guys that if there was any money left in Michinoku outside of Sasuke Vanity Projects, or if there was wrestling in Osaka uh, that could draw again, Ohara would be a perfect guy for that promotion. But he's stuck in Noah, and he's been stuck in Noah doing the same thing for like seven years now.
1: I mean, he's someone that got cursed, but and where he went to train, when he went to train, you know?
0: Exactly. I mean, because he, he's better than the position that he's been pushed in for a very long time now. Yeah.
1: And just so people know what I'm referring to, he is an Ultimo Training. He is a part of the UDO 6 class along with Kazuchika Okada.
0: Yes. Yes. Very true.
1: So moving, th- moving back to Dragon Gate and moving. Uh, up the card. The special singles match was Shun Skywalker versus Diamante. This was a referee stoppage with a modified leg lock on Shun Skywalker's recently injured ankle in 10 minutes and eight seconds. And then Diamante unmasked him and started wearing the mask around. Very proud of himself. Good for him.
0: I would like your thoughts on this match first. I wrote in my review that I had a really hard time sitting down and thinking about what I wanted to say about this match thus i am passing the baton off to you to go first
1: so i like when dragon gate does these kind of matches like this was kind of reminiscent of the yamamura versus shima can't gate match except on a bigger stage and longer but i like the idea of someone just getting steamrolled because of an injury and someone just picks it apart and that's what diamante did and the fact that they had this solid of a match that watching it live it did feel like something was up with this match like it felt like it ended abruptly i didn't know if it got cut due to time because of everything else was getting about 10 minutes and they wanted to have enough time for the the, the two title matches after that so that was like my first impression but then discovering that it, it's a shoot and shun's ankle like this is the best they could have done this i thought that this was the successful for this but it kind of like diamante right now like if shun is has significant time on the shelf what does diamante do after winning this match in this kind of fashion
0: Challenge Yamato for the Open the Dreamgate Championship, ideally. Okay, that's interesting. That is interesting, uh, dude. I, 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 I don't even say that facetiously. That's the thing. Right. I would love to see Yamato versus Diamante because unless somebody can come at me with a name, and and I don't mean this in like a like a come at me type of way, I I just I don't know if I'm forgetting something. Please tweet at me at Open Voice Gate on Twitter. If there was a wrestler more deserving of most improved wrestler this year than Diamante, I voted for him last year, and I think he's going to pull a Miz, and I'm going to vote for him two years in a row because he went from bad to good, and now he's gone from good to legitimately great. I thought he was spectacular in this match because this was so different than what we've seen him do. Normally, he's just a base for straight and he, he plays his part, and he plays his part very well. This was him leading. A grounded, submission-based match against Shun Skywalker, and it was super entertaining. It wasn't a great match, and I think that's where a little bit of my disconnect comes in, and and I have that even more so in the next match, the Twin Gate match, where perhaps my vision of what I want it to be wasn't what the match became and thus I I struggled with how I felt about it because I had an idea in my head of what it should have been versus what it was I do know that this was not a great match from a star rating perspective but from a storytelling perspective they accomplished their goal and they did it in a tremendous way
1: yeah I mean hats off for that uh so I said I had two galaxy brain ideas case my first okay. one, I already kind of previewed. It's an idea of a fuji Light unit that's got the Hashi brothers in it and someone we're going to talk about in the next match. My, my other idea is I think that they could build up to a double apuestus match with this outcome when Shun comes back. I think they can do Shun and Dia versus Diamante and, and Daya Inferno, a uh, double mask versus mask match.
0: Okay, that's super entertaining. That's very much a galaxy brain take. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't, There's no I, way this happens. Look, I, yeah, I don't think that's... God damn, that's good, Mike. That you. Somebody needs to give you the pencil. I, and maybe not of this promotion, but of some promotion, because that is really good. I, I still think the move is that Ultimo is going to take Diamante's mask at whatever the next Dragon Mania is. And again, by all accounts, Diamante is a honk who wrestles in a mask in a tank top, and I am blown away by that decision. It's not a tank top, but a singlet. But I am still blown away by that decision. Uh, so him losing the mask seems like it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I tend to believe my man Ultimo Dragon is coming after that mask, and Shun Skywalker is just kind of the vehicle to get them there.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean like that. That's absolutely what I expect to happen. I just think it would be a lot more interesting. And, and usually on excursion, you go and you do a big thing. Shun didn't get an opportunity to do a big thing like getting a mask or getting a championship in Mexico. This could kind of be that in a way. And it. it I, th-
0: I think their chemistry is great. I, I would yeah. love when Shun gets healthy for them to continue to run with this.
1: Yeah. And you could easily tie it into the Die in Inferno feud that, you know, sometimes it's been cooled off to an extent due to injuries that might be hard to. Get it, get it the juice to get over the line, but if you make it a double this, I feel like that solves it. I'm just saying, like, I could have a very interesting promotion if someone wants to give me the money.
0: If someone would like to pay Mike Spears nine millions of dollars to book an independent wrestling company, just let us know. Our DMs are open at Open OpenVoiceGate on
1: Twitter. Absolutely. Then we get into the uh, two title matches or the two later title matches on the show. The first one is for the Open the Twin Gate Championship it was the reigning champions, Natural Vibes, Susumi Okosuka, and, and King Shimizu against the challengers from the Strong Machine Army, Strong Machine J, and Strong Machine K. Uh, Natural Vibes retains to make their second successful defense when Shimizu penned Strong Machine J with the King Press in 15 minutes and one second.
0: So this is another match that I struggled with because I, I, just, I wanted Strong Machine J to make this match his. I wanted us to come away from this match having to talk about what he did here because he stepped up to the plate and he stood up to Shimizu and he stood up to Nikosuke. And even even in defeat, he was so undeniably good that we would have had to have talked about what he did in this match. I thought he was fine, but I I don't know. did, Did you get that overwhelming feeling that he belonged
1: in the ring with Shimizu and Susumu? Oh, he was the focus of this match case. He just was the focus on the opposite end. He just was getting his ass kicked, it felt like.
0: Yeah, it's just like, oh, that's that's what they're going to do with him again. You know, he was in he was in the ring a lot. He, he certainly did more than Kondo did. And we'll talk about what Kondo did and how I'm still confused over that entire thing. But I, I don't I don't know. I just I, again, I see the value in him. I like that he's here, but I'm just waiting for something to click with him. And it's just not happening.
1: Well, you know, it could click with him? What's that? Well, he needs to join up with Don Fuji and the Hashi brothers. We're doing a Showa era stable here. Don Fuji, the biggest fan of 70s and 80s Japanese pro wrestling, he knows how to lead the the son of strong of Super Strong Machine, and then and then the first ever thoroughbreds in Japanese wrestling history.
0: I think that'd be great. I look, I would love that. I think that would give Strong Machine Jay not only a direction, but a direction that fits his character. He needs something because I just, I, I don't know. I, I, perhaps I'm too hard on him. I don't know what it is, no. but my stock on him is is very low right now. I just, in a promotion where it seems like SP Kento and Kamei and Dragon Dia and even La Estrella has turned that ship around and I, and I see where he's going and I like his direction. I look at Strong Machine J and I just think, man, what if people are passing you by? like yeah people have passed you by it's a bummer because i want to like this guy a lot but i'm just not seeing it right now
1: and it's something that we talked about the uh, 10 most recent uh, roster members and of those 10 case i would say that probably nearly every single one of them we could say like all right this is their top form projection if everything goes right this is where they are will be this is why i expect their floor to be and we have some idea about what the next five years, the next year, the next whatever could be for them. There is no direction whatsoever on what Strong Machine J could be at this point. And it's even more clear. Yeah, I have I have no no feel on his immediate future, no feel yeah. on his long-term future. And, and it's something that I feel like I've talked about more recently. It's great that he is second-generation star. He is very talented in the ring, like technically as a wrestler. But it's almost at a point that being Super Strong Machine Son and having to be the strong machine armies now starting to really prohibit him in a way, because this whole entire match became about like about twin magic stuff with the strong machines. Kondo unmasking himself and just getting pissed off at at Susumu, which is that is cool. The fact he's like, you know what, screw this. I'm gonna I I I dislike you. We're gonna fight now. That is cool. But it's all like it feels like he has no agency. It feels like he's just kind of like thrown in here. And that's why I kind of feel like he needs to go with like, like like-minded people in a similar situation of someone who loves that style of wrestling and can be like the person that like, like he wants to really learn to be a roughneck wrestler in his own right. Team with Don Fucci for a year. And I think he needs rehab. I think they need it. I, I, I did not like the fact that Strong Machine Army came back and I, was always kind of wondering, like, what's it going to be like for Strong Machine J because when he's away from the Strong Machine army? And now it's something that I feel like it's a weight rather than, you know, a platform for him.
0: Yeah, and I hope that Kondo taking off his mask the way he did really puts the Strong Machines on ice for a little while, because I agree with you there. I don't think bringing that unit back did him any favors. I, for as awkward as the ben K Dragon Dia Strong Machine J opened the triangle gate championship team was, which is an easy thing to forget. Also a team that won the belts from a team that had Kenichiro Arai on it, because you got to remember pre COVID 2020 was absolutely insane. And for as awkward as that trio was, it was at least assimilating him into what I will almost call the Dragon gate friend group, where he was beginning to belong to this community And then he was, you know, he got hurt, and then it was like, okay, back to Strong Machines, he's doing his own thing, he's out in the wild, and that's just not what I want from this promotion.
1: Yeah, and it's something with him also, that, like, when they've done out-of-the-ring stuff with him and in, like, the Dragon Gate generation he's incredibly charismatic he's funny like like he is someone that has a lot to offer It's just it seems like that the worst the best thing for the first 12 months of his career was being super strong machines uh, son and taking to wrestling emulating his father like that right like it was awesome for him for the first go around but then being super strong machine jay feels like it's been a detriment ever since then
0: i think that's a very fair assessment
1: but it, it, And it's something that like I should not feel this, uh, I don't even want to say angsty, but like this, like this level of trepidation going into out of this match because I love this Natural Vibes team. This Natural Vibes team is, is great, and I'm excited to see where they can go from here. But it's just something that like when like, th- this match is laid out this way, you kind of have a little bit of a better taste in your mouth.
0: Yeah, look, I'm stunned that Shimizu and susumu retained i thought without it without a doubt i thought the most obvious result of the night was going to be the strong machines winning here and then kondo took off his mask and i went what 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 is happening right now like i I, it took me a second to really process what was going on and then strong machine J takes the fall so I, i thought the back half of this match was particularly bizarre and the first half of it didn't exactly light my world on fire so yeah you're you're in a point now where uh you have a twin gate team that i like I hope what's in store for them next is more entertaining than what we got here.
1: Right. And then we had the main event. It was for the Open the Dream Gate Championship. It was Yamato making his first defense against Masquerades, Kota Nora and his first challenge. Yamato got the win in 23 minutes and 5 seconds after two Galareas and one Ragnarok to put away the youngster. Kota Minora does not miss.
0: I, I mean, we are really witnessing the start of what should be an incredible career. He was, again, I've talked about this a lot. He was just kind of ignored because he debuted one in July of 2018, when at least in the West, it seemed like Dragon Gate stock was at an all time low, but debuting in between Skywalker and Ben Kay and Yoshioka and then debuting right before Dragon, Diane, Strong Machine, Jay, who had incredibly hyped debuts. Menorah got kind of lost in the shuffle here, but since his debut, he's been a great wrestler, and his elevation over the past year, starting July 4th, 2020, when Gate returned with fans and he went to a 20-minute a time limit draw on that show, a 20-minute time limit draw on the next show, and then from there started winning big matches pretty much immediately, through this match, because I don't have an issue with how he was handled in this match at all, it's been a near-perfect build. I, I mean, they have handled him so well to a point where now the next time he, he headlines a big pay-per-view and it w- there will be a next time, it's going to feel natural. I'm not going to say I'm not going to be excited about it because that would sort of dampen the mood, but it's going to feel right. I'm not going to bat an eye when I see Coach Minora headlining a giant show. Because he proved in this match that he entirely belongs in the ring with Yamato, in the ring with Mochizuki, in the ring with Eita, Ishida, whatever name you want to throw at him. Coach Minora is just as good as them.
1: And this is like yet another like checklist thing. Like we talked about SB Kento having completing a mark on his checklist with regaining the Brave Gate title in that kind of match here. He didn't feel like he was out of his depth, as we've seen with youngsters in Dragon System history. Uh, Yamato played into Minoru's strengths when Yamato is someone that, like, we've seen enough Yamato Dreamgate matches to know how they can go and how Yamato's going to make you have his style of match, but said they complemented each other. And it really was, like, it did not feel like a generational shifting moment. This was not, like, one of those matches that we walk awake from saying like all right this kid is now a guy but this is an important match for someone to have at that juncture and the fact that he uh, just went toe-to-toe with Yamato for almost 25 minutes and came out ahead and came out like not looking out of the water that's a win and that's not to mention like the match itself I felt like that the arm work that Menenora did leading up to the Ingranaje and the Sol Nacientes I felt like that that felt natural like it feels like it like that aspect of like his big match game felt natural in this and i feel like yamato like it wasn't like performances he was having this summer but it did not feel as awkward or stilted as 2016 2017 so i came away with this thing it was pretty good success i went four and a quarter on it
0: yeah i I went four and a half i loved the match I, i talked about in my review how funny i think it is that the Dreamgate belt went through this this phase for a few years where it went from Pac to Ben K. Obviously you had Doi in there. Doy's a bit of an X Factor in this, but then Ata, then Skywalker. And I wrote a lot about how the Dreamgate style had changed. You know, uh, I, specifically Joe Lanza is a big proponent of, you know, the Dreamgate match kind of has its own style and they sort of ape the traditional puro classic to an extent which is very much a thing of shima's era more so than it had been with Pac and with ben kane especially with shun skywalker who i thought brought is his totally unique flavor to that title it's so funny yamato gets the belt back and we are this match would have fit in, in 2010 Gate with yamato's first run with the belt like it was just immediately like oh that's right we're doing 15 minutes of arm work most of it's going to pay off the last 10 minutes of this match are going to be batshit crazy, and they were, but this is no longer Shun Skywalker's title. The the kids are done. We're back to Yamato having the belt, and this is what a Dreamgate match looks like.
1: But, like, that's what his character is, too. So it works on a lot of different levels. Like, Yamato's saying, like, hey, you know, the great reset happened. We're resetting back to me being on top, baby, and we're having my kind of matches. Yeah. <laughs> but i thought like yamato is someone who usually like he'll do like the, the 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 wrestle 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 and might not pay off towards the end here he made sure to sell all of kodaman armwork and it's made it made some of the later galareas look like it, it was like an actual like chore for him to kind of pull them off like i felt like that this was actually might have been some of the more responsible main event yamato selling that we've seen in a decade
0: yeah, no, this was again, I, this was tremendous. Like this was a four and a half star match for me with a crowd. It's probably finishing in my top ten this year. Now I don't think it was as good as either of the Kobe Dreamgate matches, either KZ versus Shun or Yamano versus Shun. But son of a bitch, this was great. This was really, really good. And it's just something about this show I, it, it didn't it didn't click with me all the way. You know, I I wanted the Triangle Gate match to be a little bit better. I thought it was very good but I just, for personal reasons, wanted it to be a little bit better. You had the Awkward Undercard, you had the Natural Vibes match, which I thought was terrific, you had the Hashi Brothers match, which I thought was terrific, and then you had that stretch of RED versus High End, Diamante versus Shun, and Natural Vibes versus Strong Machines, where maybe the matches were effective, but they weren't really great, and that added some weight to this show, that added a level of exhaustion to this show, that, You know, by the time this match happened, you were feeling the length of Dangerous Gate, and it felt like a long show, but I don't want to undersell this main event. It's one of the best matches that I've seen this year, if not a top 10 match, certainly easily a top 25 match. And again, it's Yamato playing up the things that he does best, and Kota Minora doing what he does, which at this point, look- he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. If when if we do an SFM 50 this year, I'm not saying I have a ballot, but there's a person with the initial CL that votes for the SFM 50. Coach Manor is going to do very well this year. I think he's been that good. And I think he's been that good the entire year.
1: Absolutely. And you know, this gives us all the confidence that when it is truly his time, he's going to take the ball and run with it. And that was something that you know, fifteen months ago, case, okay, so we weren't so certain about Kodaman or, like getting this this big elevation, but they the last fifteen months like this is the a great payoff, even though if it wasn't the true payoff
0: masquerade's an incredible unit when you think about it like what well, what just what what a unit they have become. I don't know if it resonates with like you talked about since the beginning, we don't, I, I don't know if it resonates with the Japanese audience as much as it does with me, but Shun, Minora, Daya, Jason Lee, La Australia, I I can't
1: ask for much more. What's better than this guys being dudes. Oh, you're telling me, Mike. All right. So that was dangerous gate. It'll be up on the network through the 27th. Really? It, even with it being not necessarily like medicine that goes down smooth. Overall, I can't say this was a bad show. I thought there was enough on the show that I really, really liked. And, you know, I look, at, I look at my ratings on the Showcase, and other than the comedy matches, I didn't have anything under three flat.
0: No, neither did I. Now, I would say essential viewing for me is the six-man with Ultimo against the Natural Vibes team, mm-hmm. the uh, Ihashin Brothers debut, and the Dreamgate. Would you add anything or take away anything from that list?
1: I think the one... Match that we kind of deviate on is Shun versus Diamante. I really like that match. Did
0: did you give a star rating to that? Four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm a full. I went. I think three and a quarter. I'm a full star lower than you. The one thing that I did love about that that I did want to be sure to bring up, and I forgot about it in the moment, was Diamante sneak attacking Shun Skywalker with a springboard dropkick at his entrance. Phenomenal. I've never seen Dragon Gate. You know, obviously all the time they have the heels jump the good guys at the bell when they're doing the entrances. I've never seen them do that before, and it's one of those things that I'll just remember forever now because I've it stuck. It stood out. It was something unique.
1: Yeah, like with that, like seeing that level of viciousness of Diamante and Shun Skywalker for like the style of matches he wrestles. He's tremendous at taking a beating and selling. And of course, some of that's probably a little bit easier because it was something legitimately hurt that he was selling. <laughs> but I, it, it connected with me, and as soon as I talked to people and discovered yeah i know this is legit then it kind of solidified it It as like hey you worked around this match that i was told like this is like the best this could have happened with this match without it like going really short and having a fuck finish and i feel like that given those parameters it Did all it could and i feel like that was a four-star performance but i understand being like completely deflated by it at the same time
0: well i i thought it was super effective i thought it was more effective than it was good if that makes sense but i have no issue with the match
1: i think that's totally justified so that was dangerous gate check it out uh english english commentary will be up at least through the seventh there's one more show this week that Quick turnaround for them having to have that big of a major show. And then immediately, three days later, they return to the friendly confines of Kobe Sambo Hall on the 23rd on Thursday with Stormgate 2021. Okay, so I'm going to run down this the card real quick, and then we could talk about what we're looking forward to on it. Uh, the, the, short Uh Short list of things to be looking forward to. I mean... There's a yeah, yeah. Uh opener natural vibes, uh King Shimizu and UT versus Dragon Kid and Kakatora of high end. Match two, unaffiliated trios, Ultimo, Mochi, and doi teaming up again from Dangerous gate against Yoshida, Strong Machine Jay, and Punch Tamanaka. Come on, Strong Machine Jay. Go join Don Fuji. You you see what the future can be without Don Fuji right there. Uh Royal Sanbo participants this month are Horiguchi, Kanda, Shisa, Ichikawa, Sachi, uh, Problem Dragon, Maria, Hoho loon SB Kento, and Hyo. Uh, match for the Hashi brothers versus Don Fuji and suji Kondo. Semi-main event, Yamato and Binkei versus BB Hulk and Kai. We talked about that before. And then the main event, we have Masquerade versus RED. Eight-man tag, uh, as we've mentioned before. Shin Skywalker is off these shows. We'll probably know more about his ankle injury this time next week but it's kota minora jason lee dragon dia la Estrella versus Ata, kaido shida uh, diamante and dia inferno so kind of rough at some portions here but i mean the main event in match four at least the, the, there's some meat on the bone there
0: yeah i'm ecstatic for the hashi brothers against fuji and kondo i think that's going to be super fun and i i don't necessarily have a ton of preview thoughts about the main event minora lee daya and astrea versus the red team of Ata, shida diamante and inferno but we know that match is going to be good it's i have no doubt that's going to be excellent so the undercard does nothing for me it's a pretty weak royal road or royal sambo uh for that matter and i am dreading yamato and bing versus hulk and kai but there's two matches here that look good
1: i i like shimizu and ut versus uh kid and kakatora I think that, that that'll be a fun. I am not sure opener. it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be, yeah f- it'll be fine. it'll be fine. I wonder if there's other stuff going on on this day because neither FJK or Susumu are on this card either. I wonder if they
0: Oh, I I think they are booked elsewhere. Okay. Uh I mm I yes, let me uh Mike, why don't you say something interesting while I look for this real quick?
1: <laughs> yeah, so that will close out the September schedule for Dragon Gate the next time. After this, they'll be on the network. They're they're going dark for a couple of weeks. We'll be Cork and Hall on the 7th of full production and with English commentary with Jay and Ho-Ho Loon. And then they have Kyoto on the 9th. They have a doubleheader in Sambo Hall, the 16th and 17th. They have a... Double shot on the twenty fourth and Fukuoka on the twenty fourth, and then they're off air for another week. Like like they are, they're scheduling this year. Like I get it, and I know sometimes it doesn't doesn't always line up right, but I mean, get getting a bunch of weeks off here. I mean, they have shows of course, but it's it's stuff that they don't tape like Ishikawa, Nano, Joima, Gymnasium, Ihime, Masuyama, Sogo Community Center, and then Mie don fuji's home prefecture maybe that maybe that's a don fuji basho and
0: oh ideally ideally that would be nice uh just to confirm you are exactly right susumu so and funky jackie Kame are going to be working for our friend garukin mask on the
1: 23rd hey i mean you make sure that the don of okinawa wrestling is happy with you i mean they keep on putting <laughs> off the, the okinawa tour for obvious reason but you gotta stay in his good graces if you want to come back there on vacation case Look, the
0: last thing I want to do in life is get on the wrong side of Gurukan Mask. That is not a life
1: I'm looking to live. No, sir. I mean, that, that, that is a guy that if you want to run a show in Okinawa, you are going through him. So if they want to do those again, I mean, Garuken Mask, I mean, he's in his 50s. But as we both know, age is just a number in the Dragon System. <laughs>
0: In real life, age matters, but in the dragon system, it's just a number. I just want to be clear. But yes, Garukin Mask did did just turn 50, and he does have Kamei and Susumu booked for September 23rd. I I was
1: not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) My my man, Mike Spears, it's late in the podcast. He's hitting us with age is nothing but a number. I I was not making a reference
1: to that. (laughs) <laughs> this is a couple
0: of th- th- third hour of the flagship. All of a sudden, we're 90-plus we're deep on to open the voice gate. And Mike's going, let me see if I can slip one by here. But uh, no, 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 my friend. Age does matter. Age
1: absolutely matters. So- it absolutely matters. I just... <sighs>
0: Look, Texas, Texas education system, I get it. Look, I, I'm from Indiana. I'm not doing much better, but we gotta, we gotta. Hey, Mike, if we don't hold each other accountable, no. who
1: will? I, I apologize, and I'll do better in the future.
0: <laughs> I hear you. I'm listening. I'm learning. I will do better in the future. Type it up on the notepad. Tweet it out. And open the voice gate, and everything will be okay. <sighs>
1: Anyways, case.
0: Anything else you wanted to hit on before we get out of here this week? No, no. It is. It is far too late. I do need to go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Before I say something even more dumb. And anyways, <laughs> uh, follow us at, on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. You could follow case at underscore in your case. You could follow me at Fujihaya. I mean, I guess I. I have not made a good counting myself for the last three minutes. So that's gonna do it for open the voice gate for this week next week we'll be back reviewing that kobe sambo hall show and who else who else or what else i'm flustered your case thanks for listening to open the voice gate we'll catch you next time take care